0: Breaking the stigma of addiction. This is Zach's Life, a story of love, addiction, loss, grief, and recovery.
1: Reflecting on Zachary Horton
0: and others in our community, both both inside inside and and outside outside of of their their addiction. Hosted by Jim Horton of the Zachary Horton Foundation. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm here today with Jordan Deepersloot. Did I, did I do that right, Jordan? That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, or 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 Pastor Jordan, uh, and so just as as way of an introduction, um, I met Jordan a, a couple years ago. Uh, he is the uh, pastor of the church where we held uh, Zach's celebration of life, and as I uh, as I had understood the story, uh, some of the sober livings that Zach had had been a part of and lived in, uh, they would come to your services on Sunday. They got, they got affiliated with your church at Via Church and, uh, and, uh, they went and Zach finally started going in December and, and, and really to, to my surprise, you know, when I heard, uh, had really, uh, engaged in it and just loved it, loved the music, uh, loved the participation and had, uh, you know, and, and had really made a commitment, uh, in, in that month of December in your church. And so, uh, th- that was just so encouraging, so encouraging to, uh, to hear. And again, there's times that Jordan, that I think in my mind, uh, I think, you know, wow, you know, had the, you know, horrific accident not happened to Zach that had ended his life. What, you know, wh- where would he have been today? Mm. You know, what, you know, because he, again, he was loving the church so much. What would he, you know, have been doing on Sundays? How involved would he have been and where would he have been in that? And that I could see that have being, be becoming a part of his, you know, just a part of his, uh, of, of his life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, and again, I don't know to what extent I'm allowed to share names or not names of our mutual connections, but.
0: A- ab- absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, you know, Scotty, who sure. was on the podcast last time, a great friend of mine and was obviously very close to Zach. And uh, it was amazing to get to hear him talk about his relationship with Zach, by the way, it was really powerful. And because of what he saw inside of Zach and, and the, the story was that, you know, Zach had been coming and enjoying it. And then for Christmas, we always kind of go next level for our Christmas services. So we had, whether it's including artistic elements to the service that are you know awesome, they're just great, and then it, it helps uh, you know accentuate the the message of Jesus and the hope that we share. And so, and then we always want to give people an opportunity if they felt connected to the message and felt like, hey, today's a day where I want to respond to that message and. And receive that hope that, you know, that Jesus offers us of life, life everlasting and to know the love of God and to invite it into your heart. And I always have everyone put your, you know, the classic, put your heads down, sure, your eyes closed. Sure. And and then I can see, you know, but but usually a lot of hands go up or, you know, and I don't always know the individuals right away. But um, Scotty knew who he brought and who was with him. And he, he I guess, had his eyes open and you know, mentioned that you know when when it was a a who who connects with this and who's you know receiving this message of of life and that he peeked over and and he saw Zach's hand hand go up and you know that's one of those not just you know moments that that make a difference for someone then it's it makes a difference for all of eternity and again that's where we can talk about this whole situation with with hope and with, um, uh, truly sitting here today and to, to, again, not to just, you know, go right to it, but like believing that, that Zach is in his best place and is doing better than we are better than we could even, even imagine because of, um, the love of God for his soul. And, um, and again, I got to give, I got to give a shout out to the, 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 the people that have always loved on him and, and got him to that place, sure, you know, sure, that, that believed in him. And, yeah. and
0: well, and, um, and I, uh, Jordan, hear, hearing that, uh, hearing that recount of of Zach is is so important f- for me to hear because I. Understand even more fully about who he was, mm-hmm. and uh, we we often say that I've often said my son was so much more than his addiction. Mm-hmm. That was just such a small portion that, that that the disease that took over his life for that very short time. Yeah. Uh, and, and eventually killed him was just, was just such a small part. And his uh, loving and giving soul that, that his friends have attested to, uh, that part of joy that he was able to experience you know, in, in the last month of his life because of the great strides and the the growth that he was in the maturity yeah. that he was coming through, I, again g- brings me uh, just a a, a a ton of of peace. But it, it speaks directly to to the mission of our foundation about breaking the stigma of addiction. People yeah. that suffer from the disease of addiction, from substance use disorder aren't aren't criminally, morally corrupt individuals that need to be thrown away. Right. They are uh, people that love and are full of love.
1: Right. Absolutely. And our love deeply, not just by us, but by God himself, you know, who, who intended that night for him to be touched and to be reached, and and you know, and that's what you know. As a pastor, I've I have the best of times with people and the hardest times with people, and I've had great talks with Scotty and I've had hard talks with Scotty where, you know, things like what happened happened, and and he called me. You know, it, was, it wasn't that long after that. You know, and he called me and he was just wrecked. And I and I yeah. you know I I have had again over the years lots of different things we've celebrated together and hard things that we've we processed together and I've had to pastor in with him and, and he's such a great person. But um that that was just to me such a uh you know because when he called me and he is shook. Right, right. And this is a guy who's in this all the time, then right. you know that something it just didn't make sense. Like why? You know and then again you you could go all day and ask the right, why question, right, which right. you know isn't always helpful. But Um, it just, what it did mean is that there was something so beautiful inside of Zach and something that was happening, um, that, you know, again, points to, to the, to what you're saying is like, this was a a disease. It was something that like, that makes no sense. Like someone who's, who's such a beautiful soul, whose life is going up and who's even now received this, this great, um, hope and this, this love in his heart and, um, which maybe he always had but that night he certainly affirmed it sure sure um it, it just that's where uh you know it was, I don't know it was just visible to me in, in that moment with Scotty that wow this is a this is it's so sad because of how much beautiful things were happening happening in his right, heart right you know and again just go goes to to the fact that like man it's this is not you know. It, it, it's not just as simple as "oh, I made a bad choice." It's it's this is is something deeper and, and um, so hard and difficult, like a disease, you would say.
0: Right, right. So. Well, Jordan, as we've jumped into this so quickly already, just about the reason that Zach was at was at your church uh, was because he came with with other people from from the recovery community, right? Uh, and, uh, and then of course, since, since Zach's passing, my wife and I have been to several, you know, down, downtown, right. And congratulations. I understand that you purchased the downtown, the downtown club. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so, yeah. cause I know for a while you were just, uh, you know, having to reset up the chairs from dinner to, <laughs> to service and, and on a weekly basis. Yeah. And so now that's, that's part of your, uh, part of your whole ministry sets. So
1: yeah. yeah. That's uh, fantastic. and. So you sat in there right in the front row. I mean, you are yeah. a couple of rows, right, right in the, the mosh pit. The. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh,
0: but um, talk to us just a little bit. And I know we spoke about this briefly the other day. First of all, please just tell us a little bit about yourself, how, how, how you became a Pastor Jordan and, and then kind of how the church got to where, you know, to where it is now. So, so totally. what's your story?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I have the forty minute version and the five minute version and the every so I gotta I gotta kind of go through what are the the details that I need to include. It. The, the reality is I, I was raised in a, a home that was w- you know where we went to church. Uh, it was a real traditional church, and my parents are great, and I love them. They're awesome, uh, but it, I didn't necessarily have um, a real personal connection per se. I, it was more like, this is what we did. Sure. Right. Um, and, um, you know, going through high school in college, I always tell people I, I, I had seasons where I had really good mentors in my life and then I seemed to be doing really good. And then I had seasons where I didn't, and I'd make bad choices. And, um, so I, I always tell people I had summer camp highs and, and Saturday night lows, you know, I right. made bad choices and, um, I went off to play football in college. I went to the university of Arizona, walked on the football team there and football was my identity. It was what I knew. I thought that's basically how I thought of myself. It was like an identity. Um, but I didn't get to play and my world got rocked and I, I ended up, I was in Tucson and I, I honestly got really depressed and lonely and I didn't have a lot of friends out there. And, and then, uh, I moved back and, um, played at Fresno city college, but same thing. It just wasn't working out for me. And so I just started drinking a lot and I was partying a lot, but for me, um, all of that just spiraled my spirit down. So inside, I feel like I knew there was something better. I don't have it. And I'm, I'm looking in all the wrong places and I found the more I drank or whatever, this, the deeper I felt this spiral of depression and just kind of hopelessness. And, um, again, I don't know what I all shared with you when we first met, when, when our journey together first started, but, um, I was in this season, of just being lost. And, uh, a friend, uh, called me one day and she was crying and she said that a friend of hers, their baby child had passed away. Mm. And so I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm just trying to be a tough guy here. I don't really have any, right. and maybe it's good that I didn't even try to say too much because that's not always helpful, but. So, but, you know, long story short, she said, will you come to the service with me? So I said, I'll go to the service with you. And I sat in the back row and, um, you know, so hard, you know, they had the caskets there and, 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 and these parents and they, 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 they were obviously devastated, but they, they were saying stuff that I'd never really maybe heard, but never understood that like they said that God understands pain that god has tasted pain so he can feel our pain because god gave his one and only son so that so that message of the of the the gospel like oh god is relatable Hmm. wow i i don't have a relationship with god i just he's a figure and i try to live a certain way that that's not relationship right um and but but when i know god feels pain 'Cause he has, you know, then you can relate to him at a different level. Cause guess what? I was going through pain and I was trying to drink it away. Right, right. Um, and, and so so then that that was one thing. So that was like, oh, mind blowing. Then the other thing was they they were talking about how God, you know, because Jesus rose from the grave, that's the story of the gospel that, that I preach and that I believe. And um because he's conquered the grave, there's hope in situations like this, where apart from that there's nothing to stand on but because Jesus has conquered the grave uh we know we'll see our son again one day and i just was thinking oh my goodness wow they have actually something here that 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 the message of Jesus that i was heard now means something and it means something to them and then they said something like this they said um you know we're we're really hurt and confused and angry and all this stuff but we we're not mad at god for taking away our son, we're thankful that he gave him to us in the first place mm. and that one day we'll see him again. So we have a gift. It just we have to wait, you know? And I remember thinking that's so deep to me. My mind was having right, a hard time right. because I'm like, I'm being pouty about my life. Like right? I'm just about, I just lost football. That's nothing. Right. But, but to me, um, and they're going, man, they're going through the pain of loss of a child. And yet they have a hope to stand on in the middle of tears. Right, this is not like happy. This is sad, but they have this this hope that make that Jesus made sense of. So for me, I just went, wow. And, and then they they said this too, and this again. This plays into Zach's story too. They said, they said one day when we see our son again in heaven, if you know God uses this to bring one other person out of darkness. Hmm. Then in heaven, when we see our son face to face, we'll look back and say, that was worth it now. And that was deep, right? So, and I remember thinking that going, whoa, like, of course, you don't feel that now. Sure. But when you're seeing your child face to face in heaven one day, all that's behind you will look differently. And I remember sitting in the back going, well, I want my life to change and that that propelled me into the 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 the, the bible propelled me into i got to go to church somewhere i got i got i got to know this message and it's got to mean something to me i want to know god and the more and more i dove into my relationship with him the more i wanted to share that with other people and and, and it was always a hope thing i just hope right. The single thing about the bible and people get this wrong is it's called the good news the gospel. So it needs to be shared as good news. You know, people get religion and it becomes sometimes bad news or twisted, but the foundational message that I preach and that I read in the Bible is the good news that that we have hope and that God will work things out for good. And so my life was changed through someone else's really tough circumstance. Right. But now I've used that to become a voice of hope. 400s if not thousands and the same is true in the situation with zach because god's been moving there too and he and in your podcast and what you're doing there's going to be people that are going to be set free there's going to be people who have given be given hope there's going to be you know so i don't say that lightly i mean that's very heavy stuff but i just i just believe wholeheartedly um that that's my purpose now is to help people find hope in whatever they're going through so Long story short, you asked me how the church started. Yeah. I, I got involved. I, I started just sharing the Bible with young guys. It grew into my house full, and then I had a couple small groups I was leading. And then I, I was uh, invited to be on staff at a church, and then God eventually gave me a burden for a different kind of church that would reach people where I was at. Um, and, and I had a, a few family members uh, that, that struggled with addiction, drug addiction. Um, my father-in-law for a long time was a meth addict, um, and my, my brother-in-law had, uh, drug issues too. And I just loved them. I loved them. And I just thought that ch- we need to, we, the church, we need to reach these people with hope because people want to be loved. And
0: so, so was that, yeah, so now let's fast forward or now we've morphed into how long? How long have have you been pastoring
1: it? So I've been yeah? at Via Church. Uh, we're eight years old. Okay. Now.
0: So so let's so so now so now we're at Via Church. Uh, was was this a, uh, a a a calling or your message uh, to your congregation from the beginning, or did it kind of morph into that? And and if so, how? Because the one Sunday morning that I went to the big congregation, there were.
1: There were almost some people there as old as I am. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. more so now. <laughs> You'd be amazed. We're, we're growing in our diversity, which is good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so how uh, how is it that that this message of inclusion um reached yeah, re- reached
1: reached everyone. So, um there was a couple of verses in the Bible that that you know, I'm a pastor, so I got to quote some what, my my stuff that, you know, resonates with me. Sure. So. Uh, in the book of Romans, the author is a guy named Paul. You know, he's saved from totally opposite of Jesus' life, literally persecuted the Christian church, and then Jesus gave him grace. And then he was on fire, and he writes this book, and he went to the Romans anyway. And he says in the first chapter, he says, I will not be ashamed of the gospel, which is the good news, because it has the power uh, it's the power of God to give salvation to any person, and I just remember reading that phrase, to anyone, not just the the moral elites or the the do-gooders or the, because I I always felt like I was one of those people that was not right, you know, right? Got my own problems, and I just remember that verse going, dude, man, because I got friends who they won't step into a typical church. Because they'll just feel a certain way.
0: Well, well, Jordan, I can tell you that the the Pentecostal church that I grew up in, it, it, you know, it, the, the 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 message. I mean, it was amazing because everybody there was very holy and pious in our in our congregation, and we were all going to hell according to the pastor. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was it was a typical you know fire and brimstone type of a message. So, yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine you know I- anyone who you know who saw themselves. You know, on, on the on the fringes of, of of what we think of
1: as normal behavior even wanting to be a,
0: a part of that right. nor nor would they have been you know
1: accepted into that totally and i don't want to judge anyone else for how they do because they all they all evolved to that right so they maybe they start out right and ended up somewhere else i don't know right all all, all i know is you know sometimes you show up to a place and they all dress a certain way. They all look a certain way. And you're like, I'm not that person. And I hear right. that all the time. Right. We get that comment a lot at via is like, I was afraid to come here till I got here. Well, there's a reason for that. Right. Cause of their preconceived notions right. or experiences, right. but we do want them to feel different when they do show up. So again, you, you went to church. What did you say? The downtown club? Is that what you said? Yeah. Right. So that, that's just not normal. Like you're doing church in the club. Right. Right or, you know, even in Clovis, just the way we set our culture, or, you know, I'll dress nice sometimes, and sometimes I'll dress in a t-shirt, and I I just want people to feel like, come as you are. And again, that's not because that's my idea. That's because, again, if, if he says the gospel is for all people, then we need to get stuff out of the way that, you know, maybe religion put in place that's maybe not of God that keeps people feeling on the outside, because really all people should feel welcome. So how do you Break down those barriers, break down those walls, right? It so to kind are, of reduce the stigma, maybe even of of church and what that. Totally, what and says. I'll be honest, man. Again, this isn't the point of the podcast, but it made a lot of people mad too. I mean, we we you know we see people come and go because of that reason too. I've seen people walk in and leave right away because they they expected church to be church. Right, they visited right. and wanted something of maybe what you used to have. Right, well, of what yeah. their
0: mind would, and that doesn't yeah. mean that that was bad. Totally, it, it
1: was bad for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's not. But there were a lot of people that that
0: that gained from that. That was their club that they enjoyed. Right. Totally being yeah. a part of. So
1: again, again, the, the theme is always like no judgment. Yeah. Just try to do what God has called us to do. Yeah. And, and and so and again, just just thinking of Jesus. You know, I was I was literally just talking about him this about him last week. Uh, is he was the religious pious they called him the pharisees of his day uh when they tried to speak against him they would refer to him as a friend of sinners and they saw that as a bad thing but jesus didn't deny it and then he would go have he would go have dinner with uh the the tax collectors which were quote unquote the thieves and the, the traitors and the and then he'd go with guys like Zacchaeus who nobody liked. And then he'd hang out with the, you know, and care about lepers. And and, and, and he, so you think about that and you go, if he said, if the gospel should be for all people, and Jesus reflected that in his own life where he was not trying to kick people out, he was trying to bring people in, then one of my passions is how can we be a church that just fights to be that way. And so it's really cool. I, one of my favorite comments, I, I'll preach a message and someone will come up to me and go, and, 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 and I love it because they're not typically, they don't know much about church. They're new to church, right? So they, right. they say that they'll, they'll cuss at me, and but in a good way. Like one guy said, "Man, that was an effing great message," you know. And I, and I, I tell, <laughs> I tell my wife, "That's the best compliment I've ever got." Yeah, and I'm sorry, I do not I not know if I should have no, said no, that. No, but... no,
0: no, that, that's that's, it's <laughs> but, been said before.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. So, but, but I just want to be real because this yeah. is who shows up to our church, and I love it. And um, you, you said something,
0: you said something to me the other day. We we had a brief conversation when you were coming on. And, uh, I I think I, I not, uh, satirically said, uh, you know, something like, how, how is it that, how is it that you're, you know, that, that somehow in your church, you can, you know, see through that, that somehow, you know, Jesus can love the worst of the worst, you know, how, you know, you know, what, what makes you think that that could, that that could possibly work. And of course, because that's, you know, the great commission, right? right. Is To go into all the world, right. Totally. And, and to preach the gospel. That's, that's it is to, is to reach out to everyone. But you said something in that, in that conversation that, that we had where you, where you talked about, about everyone being broken. Right. At some, at some place. Yeah. And I think if there was a message that when we were speaking, that resonated with me about, about our mission, about, you know, reducing the, the stigma of addiction, uh, and about people being able to accept, uh, being able to comfort people that are have fallen under this disease or that are struggling with it. Or, how about just a neighbor who's who's just struggling with having teenagers, right? Or, or just and, and not knowing what's going on, or struggling yes. with being depressed, or struggling with fill in the blank, right? Y- you know, yeah, uh, and these aren't the people that are smiling, right? Every Sunday when they right. come in. Uh, you you'll come through the doors of your church and but when you said that that really spoke to me i mean i mean talk about that a little bit if you would that was uh that that touched me
1: yeah so um so again when people come up to me and they'll say something about the message and they, again, they don't even know how to to respond to a message which is great and and i my one of my favorite comments besides the one i mentioned was they'll ask me oh are you in recovery they'll ask me that and the reality is I'm not attending a recovery program, but I, I also feel just as a human, no matter what it is, that I'm always in a form of recovery. I've always said I have, I, I, whether it's I'm recovering from anger, or I'm recovering. So I, I just, to me, we're all recovering from things like we're all right. broken people. So, so I preach to that, that like I'm also needing that breakthrough and that break free from something, right? So I use a lot of that language because we all do, and, and you know, and then Jesus, and I think this is a verse I mentioned, but he said, you know, I, I, I came not for the healthy, but for the sick, right? For the broken, right? That's his message, and people would get offended by that because oh, you're not here for me, you're here for, me. but 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 he's trying to get you to realize, no, he's here for all of us because we are all broken. And we all need healing and that's uh why he came. Uh it's only those who think they don't have any problems who tend to push him away. You know, the the true message that he has, right? So Well, and
0: I think uh Jordan, that's the denial that that families live with, that my wife and I lived with as Zach was in his struggle. Mm that that was the denial that you know that, that we said that you know everything was fine yeah right even even when Zach came to me and, and and he said he was struggling I said well we can we can take care of this right i mean i'm a I'm the dad yeah if if I can't take care of my son's problems who's gonna do it yeah right i mean right. that's the ego that's the that's that part of me that that uh again didn't understand didn't see clearly at all uh, you know the the depths of the of the of the issue uh you know that was there of 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 his disease and and then and then saw and again didn't have counsel didn't have communication with other people who may have who you know right. who may have seen it couldn't see ourselves couldn't be honest about the breakdown of communication in my own family couldn't be honest about you know, how, how I viewed things within myself. Right. And, and that lack of, uh, of honesty and awareness uh, it, it didn't cause my son's addiction, but it certainly didn't lead to health.
1: Right. right? And, and just to, just to say, Jim, like I, I, cause you could live in that, uh, you know, you could feel guilty about that, but also you need grace. You, you need to give yourself grace. And because that is generational too, uh, you know, even in, in my family line, there was just a, there's, there's a generation maybe before you or a past to you that, that you don't want to act maybe like there is that and that's passed right. to you. Right. 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 So you need grace also to get to that reality that like, no, we all, we all need to, um, the, the analogy I always use, I, I like to use this analogy with our church because like, again, I got to get everybody to the same place. You can't work on the motor. and the mo- All our motors need work until you pop the hood. So until we admit, you know, in Jesus' greatest sermon, the very first things he says is, Blessed are the poor in their spirit. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. That's it. It's whoever admits we're broken <laughs> right there. So it literally puts us all at one place. I either admit it or I don't. Right, and that message resonates, especially if you are, if you're visually uh, and you're literally, at, you know, you're going through stuff. Then you just say, "Hey, I'm white flag. I am broken, but then God meets you right there, man."
0: And I think, and again, and and I appreciate, I appreciate so much you you know telling telling me, and I'm working on on. I'm being kinder to myself. Yeah. And on easing up. It's 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 a challenge but but, but just that there it, it, the admission that we that we're broken that we're all at some level in need of of love, of assistance, of help beyond what we can s- supply for ourselves is uh, let, let me say on my side of town, you know, here in the north side of town at Clovis North where Zach went to school, where everybody has a car that's at least within two or three years old, yeah. right? Where everyone drives right. a new car. People live in gated communities. They belong to country clubs. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, I, I think for us, that that message of, of saying that we need help, that we don't have it all, it's harder to say. Absolutely, yeah. Um, You you know, if you know, when I grew up, you know, I grew up in a in a trailer, and man, when we moved to the double wide, we were uptown. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) you know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was that that was big time for us. Well, it wasn't hard for us to say at that point that we needed help because that came, (laughs) you you know, with my lunch card every month. Right. You know that I went to school so I could eat. Yeah. You know, and the food stamps I took to to the grocery store, you know, I mean, I was living the life of I need help, right? Right, But I think sometimes when we're up, again, when when now that I'm at a time in my life, admitting that I need help shows a sense of, of weakness. Admitting or, or reaching out to someone when I was having struggles with Zach somehow may have showed a sense of weakness, even though at that time, I couldn't even see that or conceive of that. Right. I can see that I can see that now clearly what I love Jordan and the message that I hear from your church and the message that you deliver to you you know to the young men and women that you know that come in in Zex is that you know you you are the same as everyone else it's not Mm -hmm. like it's not like you're different. Right. <laughs> it's like we're the yeah. we're the same. That's 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 uh, amazing. And I think that speaks to the the kind of the kind of power cuz I've met uh, some of the young men that have been with you now for some time, you know, and uh Ronnie, god, I love Ronnie. He's he's done a couple of you know, <laughs> I mean, he's just on fire. Team. Yeah, he's man. So good. And, and and you know what? And and it's just all of a sudden that that they get it, right? Yeah. Right? And and yeah. and people and people start to to get it and receive it, and that's again, uh, uh, I'm so appreciative of. Uh, uh, I, I'm so thankful. I'm I'm so thankful, uh, Jordan, of 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 the message that you were able to de- to deliver to Zach, and in such a way where, not only did did he hear it, but he understood it, mm, right, right, and then allowed that message to take hold to, to do the work that it, that, that that it did. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that that's there. I I want, I want other people to, to know. And again, I think that's the important part of, 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 of this message today. I want other people to know that, that that's really the message for, for, for all of us. And, and again, I, I don't say it as eloquently as you, but man, if, yeah, if if I could paraphrase, or if I could if I could say to 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 a parent or to a family that's out there is to to realize the realize the brokenness in ourselves, mm-hmm. the shortcomings that we have that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to appear to be perfect to our children. We don't. And sometimes I think that's what that's what we do. If I admit that I'm scared, that I hurt, that I'm challenged, then what kind of message is that to them? They right and and it's. And I think uh, uh, perhaps it's it's just the opposite. Maybe yeah. when when I'm when we're able to admit that yeah. uh, to them, then they can see that level of vulnerability. Right. Yeah. Then when they need help, yeah, they're open. They're willing to reach. Yeah. To reach out. Right. To accept a message that brings a hope and love. Right redemption absolutely so yeah. uh i i to give uh it, i want i want you to to take the last couple of minutes and i want you to speak if if you want to directly to the people that are, that are listening today and and just uh i hey, i've said it in my words i want you to say it in your words <laughs> yeah i um
1: well, first off, I just want to say thank you. I, I thank you for inviting me here. Thank you for letting me have this conversation with you. And uh, like I, I just want to say this genuinely: is I, I love you, Jim, and um, I'm for you. And again, I just want to be a voice of grace and empowerment over you and your life going forward and what you're doing because you have taken a huge step of of faith and of vulnerability, putting yourself out there. Um, because, um, it's going to help people. You are helping people and by modeling it yourself. Um, because, um, even when, you know, you listen, you know, and I've listed a few other, you know, podcasts I've listened to, just admitting that, you know, cause it's evident your love for Zach is so evident. Like nobody's going to question that. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I sit with you and the tears flow out. i call you, we talk on the phone, the, the tears come out and, and they should. Because the love is genuine. And at the same time, you're willing to uh, to sit here and say, I also didn't do all the things right, and maybe I would have done this, and and I didn't know. There, there's these different resources. So now if anybody's in my place and they love their child, I want to help them have maybe an right. opportunity maybe I didn't have. And so I just want to take a moment on your podcast to honor you and, oh, thanks, and you. To, to say... Um, yeah, in some way, just yeah, I'm for you, and 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 this this is making a difference for people, and and to believe in that because you know there's days where you question it. There's days I question what I'm doing too, and 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 the second thing that I would I would just kind of maybe conclude with um, is just to to I've always found that that guilt is not a good motivator. It never has been you know guilt doesn't but grace is a great motivator it's always motivate grace gets you keep going grace keeps you filled grace and so i want to live in grace and i want to preach grace and i want to you know true grace is amazing and it changes lives and 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 so we need but we need it for ourselves, you know and so as a pastor you know it's humbling for me because it would be really easy for me you know because i also i have my own struggles man you know, you know, whatever that is, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, anger one day or, you know, I don't have a perfect marriage and I'm not a perfect dad. I don't, you know, I, I also feel like I need help, you know, and how much pressure is there on a pastor to look like he looks perfect, right? If the church oh, yeah. people are supposed to look perfect, then right. the pa- So, but I've just said, you know what? I can't do that. That I can't live in that. That's too hard. And I think not only has it been freeing for me, but it's it's allowed a culture to be built, hopefully not just in our church, but hopefully it gets into the community where we go, you know what? Grace is about our progress. It doesn't mean every day is going to be perfect. Um, I, I want to think about who I'm going to be 20 years from now, not today or tomorrow. And, and I'll have better days and then some hard, you know, And again, when that, when we look at, you know, even Zach's story, like, you know, cause it'd be easy for someone to say, well, he had a step back or a fallback. Well, so that must not have been genuine. And I would say, oh no, that does not mean that. Not at all. Like for him in a moment to say, man, I'm broken, but I want healing. And I believe, and I, and I believe that God loves me and I receive that love. That's once and for all that's eternity stuff. And that didn't mean, it did not mean that that day forward he was going to be perfect. Right. And right. so we need to tell ourselves that about, that does not mean I'm going to be perfect. You know what I mean? And so we need to give ourselves the grace to just keep moving forward, knowing we're loved. Uh, get in relationships with people that love us and, and, and friendships with people that are, we're, we're cared for. And, again, at the church, that's what we're trying to provide is is communities. I'll, I'll tell you this quick story. Sure, sure. Uh, there was a guy who showed up at our church within the last couple months, and he's from a from, uh, recovery community. And he was invited by a friend and took a long time to say yes. Didn't think he should be there. And uh, he showed up, and God spoke to him powerfully. And uh, so then he took what we call CORE. CORE is our CORE class. It's a four-week dive into the heart of what we believe how you're designed to be a part of god's movement because we believe purpose is involved in everybody's life and we want to help ignite that purpose and it connects you to a community so that you're doing life with people on purpose right because we all want to belong we all want to be loved and we all want to have a purpose so um so he's in this group and it's going well and, and so anyway so he got connected with these people and i i, I hadn't really personally met him I, I know who he is but i was learning this story today and so uh, one of my, our pastors on our staff was telling me, uh, so, so, uh, um, I won't say his name, but it, it, last night his apartment burnt down. Really sad story. Um, it doesn't know what happened, oh but he, but he lost a lot of his things. But today he had 24 people rallying around him to buy him stuff, get him stuff. And it was all the people that he got connected with, wow. you know? So it was these, the relationships, Right. Cause you know we you know life's hard when you feel like you're alone, but if you can get connected to people who are sure, like man we're all sure. messed up we're broken, but like we're gonna move forward together, uh, and so that that would be just a huge you know again with, whether it's through the the foundation reaching out to you, it, it's getting in recovery building community to me is priceless. We gotta go forward together with people who don't think we're perfect, but want to grow together and believe the best can still be ahead of us so that's my encouragement is, is don't do life alone wow I,
0: I i i like
1: that i like that a lot <laughs> so. jordan thank you so
0: much for uh for coming and joining us today again jordan from from the via church and um uh, this is jim i'm zach's dad uh, reach out to someone today and tell them you love them this has been an episode of Zach's Life. Thank you so much for listening. For more info on our foundation and for addiction resources, visit ZacharyHortonFoundation.org or check us out on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a story to tell and want to be a guest on our podcast, email me directly at jim at ZacharyHortonFoundation.org.